instructions for the church. That is of the series we're in, and you guys probably remember from 1 Corinthians chapter 10, I kind of set up that for you early on. We've talked about communion, we've talked about baptism, we've talked about obeying our uh, authorities, like around the election time. We've talked about um, marriage to some degree. We've talked about all these different things. Uh, Brent, I think, just talked about forgiveness the last time we did this, right? Hopefully nobody uh, had to rip out Philemon. Um, but I, I got to be honest. I'm always going to be honest with you at church. Are we cool with that? We're, you're good? Okay, I'm good. All right. I thought I was going to preach a message on alcohol, right? I thought I was going to give an instruction. Here's what the Bible says about alcohol. Here's how we should steward, you know, ourselves, uh, in, in regards to alcohol, I thought that was kind of where God was leading me. Um, God took me on a different path today, uh, this week. God took me to a place where um, I'm going to broaden out the scope a little bit. And we're going to talk about freedoms and liberties that we have. Not legalism and not license. I could define those for you. Um, but I think uh, you, you, you could get that in the application of the message here. So I'm going to widen it out and talk about freedoms, talk about your liberty, talk about who you are in Christ and what you can do because of that, right? From Romans chapter 14. So go over and turn to Romans 14. Uh, Romans chapter 14, this is a really rich passage. It could probably be a whole sermon series in itself. But I want to give you a way of thinking that I think is very biblical um, from God's word. And then I'm hoping that you'll be able to apply that to your life, not just on alcohol, but on every avenue of your life, every aspect, everything that's going on in and around you. You can put any kind of thing into this filter and go, all right, all right, that's how we handle that. You guys clear? All right, the title of the message is Don't Judge. <laughs> You're like, that's negative. I <laughs> know. So that's why I didn't stop there. Welcome one another. Well, that's positive. Yeah, I know. But it needs the negative too. Don't judge. Welcome one another. All right? Both things, hand in hand. Don't judge. It's not your place. It's not my place. Welcome one another. Okay, that's the title of the message. Let me pray that God helps us to do that today as we walk out. Father, this passage has impacted my heart and life in such in a profound way this week. And I'm just praying, Father, that you would send the Spirit of Jesus Christ into this room, into every life, into every heart, and that you would um, open up their eyes to see how you think, how you acted, how we should be. God, whether weak or strong, I pray that you will impact us and change us forever today for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, I need the strongest guy in the room. Come on. Strongest guy in the room. Let's go. Stand up. Okay, so these guys actually know how much people can lift. How about we just go with like the biggest guy in the room? Anybody? Come on, I need him up here right now. Who is it? Josh doesn't want to be in the illustration. Josh, come on, you're up. You're a big guy. You could take anybody in the room. All right? So Josh will be the picture of strong. All right? I think that's 
physically a very good picture uh, since he could break me in half. Josh will be the picture of strong. This is going to be a lot harder. Nobody's going to want to get up here. That was pretty hard to get you to get up here. Thanks for humility. Um, I need the picture of weak. Oh, okay, all right. Mike, Mike's coming down. Thank you, Mike. And we're getting the picture of humility as well. All right. Great. Thank you, Mike, for being up here. All right. You want the weekend? No, no, no. You can be right here. This is actually working out really well because I thought I was going to have to get like a little kid up here and it was going to be like so contorted. Now, all right, strong, weak. When you look at these people, you kind of have that sense, don't you? You kind of get, you kind of start to judge. Well, man, J. Rose, like I've heard, he, like he's a beast, right? Like, and, and you probably don't even know Mike. How many of you guys know Mike? All right, yeah, you guys know Mike. All right. Well, you've had a stroke, right, Mike? Or you fell off a ladder. I fell off my roof. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean. That makes you pretty weak. Yeah, it makes you pretty weak, right? You got to recover all that. Yeah. So, I mean, just think about the physical where you are, right? Now, I want you to take this. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. I want you to take this illustration, right? Who's strong? Who's weak? I look at you and I'm like, oh, you're strong. You're weak. You're strong. You're weak. You're strong. You're weak. That's judging, right? And I, I, I brought them up not to judge them. I'm not judging them. Thanks for your uh, participation, guys. I'm not judging them. I brought them up so you could say, because you could see, you, you kind of get a mental picture right away. When you enter a room, you're like, judge, judge, judge. It just happens so natural. When you think strong and weak, you think strong, big, strong, <laughs> bigger, right? And when you think weak, you think small, you know, flimsy, you know, you think these things. We're going to read about strong and weak in the passage, and I wanted to assert to you that they are terms, but I need you to wash your brain of what you think they mean, right? Because God says, in your weakness, I'm made strong, right? And so we can't just be like, you're weak, get over it, stand up. Why, do, why are you so, why can't you figure it out? Why? why? What's wrong with you? <laughs> we can't despise the weak. And weak or strong, we shouldn't judge, we shouldn't judge those who are going ahead and doing something that we wouldn't do, the strong Okay, so I'm going to read the passage. I'm going to read it all the way through. Um, then I'm going to come back through and I'm going to explain to you uh, some, some ways of thinking that we see in the passage. And I believe if we think this way, our church is going to be really, really, really solid. Okay, and that's what we're going for, right? Here's an instruction for the church. This will help us be stronger. And uh, if we apply these things, we're going to be walking with the Lord in a way that will be deeper than it's ever been before. Chapter 14, verse 1. As for the one who is weak in the faith, welcome him. But not to quarrel over opinions. There's a disclaimer. One person, now I'm going to add a word just to help you out. Because he's already said weak, now he's going to say strong. But he's not going to say strong because he's not making about weak and strong. Right? He, he wants to be clear, but he doesn't want to judge and and get your mind going one way or the other so but i'm going to say it just for clarity's sake but again i've already asked you don't wash your mind of this weak and strong i know what weak is i know what strong is i don't think you know what you think you know okay 
I'm just saying. One strong person believes that he may eat anything, while the weak person eats only vegetables. Let not the strong one who eats despise the weak one who abstains. And let not the weak one who abstains pass judgment on the strong one who eats. For God has welcomed him, the Gentiles, in this case the strong ones. We know that God's welcomed the weak as well, but in the context that's what it's saying. Who are you, weak, to pass judgment on a servant of another? It is because of his own master that he stands or falls. Imagine that. He's talking about the strong one, and he's like, I don't know. Can he stand? Can he fall? (laughs) Yeah. We're not that strong. (laughs) And he will be upheld. Not that he will stand, but he will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make him stand. So again, strong, weak, doesn't matter. Without Christ, you're nothing. I think that you got to kind of keep that in... in, uh, in your head as we read. One weak person esteems one day as better than another, talking about the Sabbath and Jewish ritual days, while another esteems, another strong, esteems all days alike. Each one, the weak and the strong, should be fully convinced in his own mind. The mind is a precious thing. We need to use our mind. Knowledge is good but it can also puff up and be unloving. So we have to use our mind in a right way. Be convinced in your own mind. The weak one who observes the day observes it in honor of the Lord. I have that highlighted in my Bible, in honor of the Lord. The strong one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord. Since he gives thanks, I have that circle, gives thanks to God. While the weak one who abstains, abstains in honor to the Lord, underlined, and gives thanks, circled, just to kind of give it emphasis. These are really important points to God. For none of us, weak or strong, lives to himself. You're like, stop right there. See, that's the problem. (laughs) Because I am kind of living to myself. Right? I mean, the Bible says none of us lives to ourselves. But if we take this into Rochester, Minnesota, Harvest Bible Chapel context, and we really want to be true to ourselves, sometimes I live for myself. And that's a sin. Sometimes I do what I want to do, but I shouldn't. That's the message. It's like, stop doing what you want to please yourself. Start doing what God wants Lay down your freedoms for the sake of the body, the unity of Christ. For none of us lives to himself, and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. I have that underlined in my Bible, we are the Lord's. You need to know that, we are the Lord's. Anybody confused on that today? That there's a creator of the universe and I will answer to him. Well, just in case you're confused on that, he's going to keep going. We are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ died 
and lived again, that he might be Lord of both the living, of the dead and of the living. Why do you, weak, pass judgment on your brother? And why do you strong, or you strong, why do you despise your brother? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God, the Bema seat, and give an accounting. For it is written from Isaiah 45, 23, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue confess to God. This is Romans. It was written a little bit earlier than uh, Philippians. But by the time he gets to Philippians and later, uh, 10 years, uh, five, six years later, he actually doesn't even quote anymore. He's just like, I've internalized this. This is the truth. This is what's going to happen. Because he quotes that same passage. So then, each, I have that circled in my Bible, each of us will give an account of himself to God. That's a summary statement for the first 12 verses. Okay? There's 12 verses. Here's the summary statement. Then each of us will give an account of himself to God. Therefore, let us, uh, us is going to be a big thing, us, we, let us not pass judgment on one another any longer, but rather de- uh, decide, we have to decide never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of a brother. I know and am persuaded in the Lord that nothing is unclean in itself, but it is unclean for anyone who thinks it's unclean. For if your brother is grieved by what you eat, you are no longer walking in love. But what you eat, by what you eat, do not destroy the one for whom Christ died. So, summary statement, a bit confusing because of how we think. So, do not let what you regard as good be evil spoken of. (laughs) Be spoken of as evil. What do you regard as good? He's talking to the strong people. In the passage, what do they regard as good? Eating, freedoms. Aren't you thinking that? That's what I'm thinking. I think it's good to eat whatever I want. I think the Sabbath is, I'm going to serve Christ every day. I think these are the highest goods. Now just think about it. Is that the highest good? I would assert to you, no, it's not. And therefore, I assert to you, the verse, it doesn't conflict, doesn't say against what the rest of the passage has said, but it actually adds to it. So do not let what you regard as good, what's good? The gospel is the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. What do you regard as good? What's in the highest regard? What's the best thing? The gospel. So don't, uh, don't let the gospel be talked about as evil just because you want to eat whatever you want to eat. That's what it's saying. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating or drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come, fill us. Whoever thus serves Christ is, this is kind of the outline of the book, or outline of the passage that we're talking about. One, verses 1 through 12, he is acceptable to God. And two, he is approved by men. That's, that's verses 13 through the next uh, chapter. It's kind of cool how Paul does that. He kind of works his outline into the book. 
into the passage. Verse 19. So then, let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. We need to pursue something. You, want, you know what we want to pursue? Peace. Peace with who? Peace with everybody, but again, if this is parallelism, which I believe it is, he's saying peace with God, the judge, right? You have a judge. Do you want to be at peace with the judge or not? I think I want to be at peace with the judge. And you have a bunch of people around you. Do you want to be acceptable for mutual upbuilding with them or not? Yes, I want to be acceptable. Yes, I want to be approved by men in mutually upbuilding. I want to be a part of this. Do not, for the sake of food, destroy the work of God. That's a great verse. I need to say that to myself before I put stuff in my mouth. Do not, for the sake of food, destroy the work of God. I'm going to memorize that. Everything is indeed clean, but it is wrong for anyone to make another stumble by what he eats. It is good not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything that causes your brother to stumble. Now, a lot of people take that way too far. That's not like a mandate, like, you better do this. That's like, it's good, the highest good, what we should do if you're mature, right? You should want to, I'm not twisting your arm to, not cause your brother to stumble with these side things, these secondary principles. The faith that you have, keep between yourself and God. Blessed is the one who has no reason to pass judgment on himself for what he approves. See, we judge ourselves. And we need to examine ourselves. We do that when we come to communion, don't we? We judge ourselves. We examine ourselves so that we won't be judged. But whoever has doubts is condemned if he eats because he is eating his eating is not from faith. For whoever, for whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. That's just a great phrase. If you aren't in faith, if you aren't believing God, if, then it's a sin. No matter what you're doing. No matter what. I came to church, I'm singing songs. Why are you doing it? Is it of faith? Do you believe what you're singing? Because if not, it's a sin. Right? Just that, I'm just giving you a practical example. Sorry to ruin your worship time. But uh, I'm, just, I'm just saying, like, that's, that's, he's saying everything's got to come from faith. Everything's got to come from believing. Everything's got to be like, I love God. He is good. Let's finish strong. Seven verses. We who are strong. Are you getting a good picture whether you're strong or weak? I mean, I'm not going to judge. You kind of got to judge yourself, right? But and it, it might be different in different areas. Like you might be really strong in one area and then you might be really weak in another area because, you know, there are areas, he's talking about specific things like food offered to idols. You can go read that in 1 Corinthians 8. He's making reference to certain things that they understand in their culture and we're trying to apply it to our culture and we're like, what are you talking about? Cheeseburgers at McDonald's versus pizza at BB's? I don't know what are you talking about, man? Like what's, it's all good. It's all clean. You're like, no, it's not. <laughs> it's all not clean. God said in uh, Mark 7 that 
What goes in your stomach comes out, and so it doesn't defile you. But what goes to your heart, your heart is what we're talking about today. We're not talking about your stomach. We're talking about your heart, right? Just want to be clear on that. We who are strong have an obligation. That is such a key word. If you think you're really strong right now, lest you be puffed up, I want you to circle or underline that word. We have an obligation to bear with. That's forbearance. We studied that last week. It means to put up with or to tolerate the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. For Christ did not please himself. This is our perfect example. But as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. I took it all. For whatever was written in the former days was written for our instruction. That's, where we, that's one of the verses that in 1 Corinthians 10 is where we get the series instruction. So I wanted to open with this. For whatever was written in the former days from the Old Testament, the Psalms, the Torah, the all of it was written for our instruction so that through endurance and through encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement, when he says something twice, take note. This is a labor of love. This is about endurance and this is about encouragement. may grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Jesus Christ that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Weren't we just doing that as one voice, just declaring the glory of God in harmony? Well, we were doing it physically, right? Isn't that true? I pray that we're doing it spiritually from the heart. And I want to go after that. So we're going to give you another chance to sing at the end. How about that? Let's get our hearts right first. This is the key verse. And I want you to memorize it. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. I want you to get that verse down. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you. How has Christ welcomed you, Michael? Has he welcomed you? Yeah, everything, right? All the gnarly stuff, right? And all the cool stuff that he made you to be too. All the gifts and abilities he gives. All the stuff that's sideways because of sin and all the stuff that's powerful because of the Holy Spirit. He's accepted it all. Welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. All right, now we got to get to it. So don't judge, welcome one another. Are you ready? Don't judge, welcome one another. I'm just going to give you quick six really, they're, I don't know, ways of thinking, their thoughts. They're, you got to realize these things. You got to have these on lockdown. This is a biblical way of thinking. And it's so important. This is how you pursue peace and mutual upbuilding. Here's the first one. I, point to who I is, I, I have a master, and guess what? It's not you. <laughs> I have a master, and guess what? It's not me. I have a master, it's Jesus. He created it all, He sustains it all. It's Jesus. He's my master. He's the one 
that I answer to. He's the only one. That ought to free you up right now. That ought to free you up big time, right? The only person I answer to is Jesus Christ. And then you start to think about that. Oh, but he's perfect. I got to answer up to perfect? I think he's going to help you with that. That's what he came to die for, to help you get there, right? Verse 1, this is so important. As for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him. We are to welcome one another, right? Welcome him. But do you see the paraphrase right after, the little parentheses there? But not to quarrel over opinions. So this thing called acceptance is so important. We need to accept each other, right? But acceptance doesn't come with strings attached. You can't accept somebody if you look like me, if you drink like me, if you eat like me, if you think days are like I think days are. Then we accept you. That is not what it's saying. And yet, that is the kind of church I grew up in. That is the kind of church or religion you may have grown up in. And so we need to wash ourselves of that kind of thinking. And we need to go, I'm accepting you. There are no strings attached. Ever meet somebody? Ah, oh, man, I shouldn't do this. Are you, whenever you say that, you shouldn't say that. All right. Do you ever meet somebody face to face? And you're like, man, that person's so cool. And then you go on Facebook and you see what they post and stuff, and you're like, that is so not cool. Anybody? Y'all did that with me before. I know you have. All right. So you're just like, man, that guy's really cool. And then you're like, well, that was really not cool. Ever done that? That's accepting on condition, right? I mean, I understand there's a biblical standard, but if we're talking about the biblical standard, that's one thing. But if we're talking about your personal cone of conduct, your personal preference, what you think is true, don't judge by that. Don't do it. We're judged by the Lord. The Lord wrote the book. The book is the truth. Your interpretation of it, what you think to be true, your extra or biblical code of conduct, don't do it. That's legalism, and it goes nowhere fast. I have one master, it's Jesus Christ. It says there, we will live or we will die, we are the Lord's. It says Jesus Christ is the master and the Lord of every living and every dead thing. So the question is, the application is, have I acknowledged Jesus Christ as my Lord, my Savior? Am I walking this week in such a way that I'm acknowledging, you know what? This is the truth. He wrote a book. This is the standard. I want to walk in this. Are we acknowledging that, church? Is he my master Am I seeking to live to please him alone? Now, I got to say, Mike, if we're honest, we're all answering no to that. And then we're going to get up and we're going to go after it again this week. Is that clear? Right? I think we're all kind of in the same boat there. We're like, Ta, not again, you know. But that is a labor of love. That is how you go from a weak brother to a strong brother. That's how you go from a weak sister to a strong sister. As you get after it again and you read the word again and you try to apply it again, 
And so I'm in no way trying to condemn in this. I'm just saying this is the truth of the passage. I have one master, and it's Jesus. All right? Second thing, I must honor him. How do you honor him? If you must honor him, how do you honor him? I say give thanks. And I think he makes it really clear. Look at verse 6. The one who observes the day, Sabbath, observes it in honor to the Lord. So he thinks he's doing what's right. She thinks she's doing what's right. I'm doing this for the Lord. And the one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord. You know, I'm eating meat sacrificed to idols. I'm eating veggies only. I think I'm doing it for the Lord. That's perfect. Well done. And until God opens your eyes to a different thing like he did with Peter, right, in Acts 10, then you just go ahead and keep walking that way and nobody's judging you. But when he opens your eyes up to whatever it is the Bible says, we know that all things are clean. There's nothing you could put in your body that you're like, what? We know that there's some things that aren't good for our body and our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And if we really apply what's going on, we won't put it in our body. But that doesn't make it wrong to do, right? For instance, drinking. Drinking's not a sin. You could take a drink. I went and did communion in uh, Jamaica, and boom, there it was. Woo! My first drink. (laughs) And I immediately was like, oh, in trying to get free of my sin, I sinned. No. I was like, what was that? And then it came over me, like washed right over me. You will never be able to be smug and proud about the fact that you've never drank again. And I felt so released. I felt so released of that pride and prejudice, right? To look at somebody else and say, you drink? What's wrong with you? Right? That's an illustration. I must honor him, give thanks. How do we give thanks? For what do we give thanks? I'm repenting because like Brent was doing all this give thanks stuff in our pre-meeting and I was just like, I can't even recall a thing in the Bible about thankfulness. I can't even like, like why can't I be more thankful? How come I'm so critical? I'm like, that could be better. That could be better. That could be, you could do better there. Why don't you do better? Why can't I be thankful? Anybody feel like that? Anybody at all? Okay, just me and Tyler. All right, Tyler, you and me, we're going to go have some kind of like focus group for us. I'm just telling you, it's just our natural thing to point out, that's wrong. That's wrong. You could do better. Why don't you do it this way? Man, if I was doing it, I would do it like this. You know what? I want to assert to you, the best way to honor Christ is to say, Thanks, God. Thanks for how you made that person. Thanks for how you made me. Thanks for creating us at all. Thanks for coming and dying on the cross for us, Jesus. Thanks for raising again, right? Thanks for giving us gifts. We're all different. We're all unique. We're all special to you. We're all growing. We're all coming about in our own way in your time. And I'm so thankful for that, God. I'm thankful for that small group. I'm thankful for that small group leader. I'm thankful for that. What you fill in the blank. I'm thankful. I'm thankful. I'm thankful. 
I think that's the best way to honor the Lord. So let's honor the Lord now. Kind of give you a head start. What are you thankful for? Go ahead. In all. In all things be thankful. Yep. Give me some specifics now. There you go. Amen. Don't tell her enough, do we, men? Salvation. We don't tell Christ enough, do we? I could never say it enough. Thank you, God. Again. Thank you today. Again. Every time I sin, I'm like, thank you, God. You covered that again. Family. Family. Yeah. Truth. Yeah. 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 Totally. Community. Thankful for the church. Yeah. Just so thankful. I'm kind of overwhelmed with thankfulness because of the passage, right? I wasn't overwhelmed with thankfulness when I started studying the passage, but when I got done, I was like, I could best honor the Lord by giving him thanks. Thank you, God. And just start listing them. I say start prayers with that and then get to the supplication where you're asking him for stuff. You'll ask him for the right stuff at the right time if you're thankful for what you already have. Is that clear? All right. I must honor him, give thanks. And God, I just want to thank you for my brothers and sisters in Christ who are here today. Here's the third thought. We have one another, the church, right? We have one another, the church. This is God-ordained what we have here. Look at verse 13 where he kind of takes it from personal to corporate. He says, therefore let us... This is us together, weak and strong. Not pass judgment on one another any longer, but rather decide to never put a stumbling block. Yeah, I could keep going. So I want, church, for us to get this. I, at times, judge, and I want to be done with that. I'm sure you at times judge, and I'm praying that you want to be done with that. He says here, let us pass judgment on no one, okay, on one another any longer. We're not doing it any longer, right? We're walking out of the message today, and we're not passing judgment on anyone any longer. Does that mean I can't hold you accountable? No. In love, you could speak the truth. You could say, this is what God's word says. Don't hurt yourself, bro. This is what God's word says. Don't go there, sis. Right? But I'm not judging you on my extra biblical stuff. And I'm not even going to judge you if you don't do the biblical stuff the way I think you should. I will warn you. I will tell you in love because I love you. That's not going to work out well. I've been there before. I've seen it done. But I'm not going to judge you. That's not my place. That's God's place. I serve one master. We have one another to warn each other, but never, ever, ever to judge one another. You're all like, i got to study this more. Yes, you do. We don't judge any longer. We welcome one another in love. It stops today. 
I'm deciding, okay, I'm making the decision. That's what it says. I'm making the decision to never put a stumbling block in front of you. As I'm doing this, as I'm reading this this week, guess what happens to me? I'm on Facebook, trying to keep up with the Bible Fellowship. That's why I've been on Facebook so much. But I'm on Facebook and I'm like, all right. And in my news feed is something on, about Mormons. And so I watch it. It's like three minutes and I'm like, ah, that's informative. That's informational. I think our body would be, you know, helped by that. I don't, I don't want to make fun of anybody, but like I think that's good. So I put it on my Facebook page. Then I get this reply. That's disrespectful. I don't even know who it was. That's disrespectful. I don't, I'm in this message. I could be like, it's my right to put on my wall anything I want to put on my wall. Right? It's my opinion. I'm entitled to it. It's a free country, free speech. That's not how it was. Because I was studying this word. I'm not saying it's because of me. Because I was studying this, immediately I was like, I'm taking it down. So I wrote a reply. I'm so sorry. I wasn't trying to be disrespectful. I'll take it down immediately. I hope that that person saw that. And then I deleted the post. Yay, Steve. No. Yay, God's word. And that's what I want God's word to do to each of us. It doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. It's not, if it was a Bible verse, if I quoted scripture, I'd have left it up. I would have. But it wasn't that. It was a preference. It was, it was nothing. And it needed to be deleted. And it was. Are you understanding? We have one another. It's the church. And that skips us into the next thing. We must walk in love. We have to walk together in love. That's what you see in the passage. We need to walk together in love. What you got to ask yourself before you say that thing, before you post that thing, before you do that thing, is you got to ask yourself, will this edify my brother, my sister? Will this be edifying to the body? Because we're together in this, and we need to walk in love together. Will this be edifying if I say this? Will people be built up? That's the verse at the end there. So then let us pursue what makes for peace with God and mutual upbuilding with each other. Will this edify the body? Will this edify the people? That's what you got to ask yourself. Now, I do want to make a point here. He says in, in verse 20, do not for the sake of food destroy the work of God, right? I want to destroy you because of what I eat. I don't want to destroy you because of what I drink. I don't want to destroy you because of I think every day is Christmas and Easter and you think just it happens once a year, right? I don't want to destroy you because of that. But he's in the realm of food, and to be clear, he makes it clear. What does he say? I know and am persuaded in the Lord, because of Mark 7, because of Acts 10, that nothing is unclean in itself, but it is unclean for anyone who thinks it's unclean. So even though I have the biblical mandate, it's not wrong. He says what? I'll submit. I don't have to say that. I don't have to do that. Not in front of you, at least. 
You go, isn't that duplicitous? I say that. Like I go, man, that seems like you're living in front of one person one way and in front of God a different way. The passage implies that that would be the case. Look down at the next verse here. Verse 22. The faith that you have, keep between yourself and God. We know that that's not saying, don't tell anybody about Jesus. But hey, you have a personal preference? That's fine. My family has seven family values. We think they're biblical, but we're not telling your family you got to operate under our seven family values because that's legalism. You understand? That's not good, right? We can commend them to you. We can say, hey, here's our seven family values. We think it would be good to live by these things. We live by these things. It'd be great. But to expect somebody to live by my family values is flat out legalism. And I can't do that, and I won't do that, because it's between me and God. This is what God's called my family to live by. This is what we've talked about. This is what we feel God's going to do. We have a clear conscience in that. Blessed, you're blessed if you have no reason to pass judgment on yourself because of what you approve. So key. All right. Do I have a conviction about some things? Yes, I do. Am I going to put my convictions on you? No. Am I going to preach the word? Yes. It's the truth. I'm going to preach it. But no matter where you lie, I'm going to love you. And I'm going to let Jesus Christ take care of the end game. So I have a conviction on the major's conviction, on the minor's tolerance, and in all things, whether in conviction or in tolerance, love. Okay? We say that a lot here at Harvest. I wanted to say that again. Here's the fifth thing. And this is where rubber meets the road. We have a practical example, a practical test in front of us. Okay? Look at verse 21. It is good not to eat meat or drink wine. <laughs> You're like, eat meat? What does that even mean? But drink wine, I think that's the topic I was going to preach on, right? It was like alcohol. I think this is relevant for our church. We have a young congregation. I've heard a lot of the testimonies. I used to, you know, drink until I passed out. And I've uh, personally experienced, I've been at people's houses and they cracked a beer in front of me. I'm like, that's great. You know, whatever. But then I've had my son say, Dad, what's that, a beer? <laughs> yep. It is. And then you have to go explain to them. Yeah, we don't drink. But that's just our preference. The Bible doesn't say that we can't drink. Right? So you have to unpack that in front of the person. And you're hoping that they're going to be okay with you teaching your kid what you believe without condemning them for what they believe. <laughs> that's why I'm preaching this today. Because you get yourself in those tight spots when your kids open their yapper, right? <laughs> it's like, thanks a lot, Johnny. Be quiet. <laughs> but I wonder where he got the yapper part from. <laughs> right? Isn't that the truth? I'm like, duh. You had to be like me. Doggone it. Couldn't you be like your mom? Be quiet. We have this practical test or example. Uh, you can fill in whatever you want. I've filled in the word alcohol, right? The word alcohol is what I've filled in. And the reason is because I thought that's what we were going to preach on. But here's how I did it. I'm not going to take your time to preach on it. We're over time already, okay? I'm going to be done now, right? But here's what you're going to do. 
Here's your application to the message. We've put up on our website, it'll be up there for a week and a week only. It's not our property, it's James McDonald's property. His message, James's message on alcohol. He preached it when I was in the training center in 2010. It changed my life because until that day, I thought drinking was wrong. I was like, flat out, drinking's wrong. If you do it, you're a sinner, you're going to hell, right? And it, it changed my opinion. I don't think drinking's wrong, but it didn't change my conviction. I believe in abstinence. And he preaches from a standpoint of abstinence as well. I hope that you go hear it. You won't feel judged, I guarantee you. But you will be taught the truth of the word of God in a loving and warning way. And I think it would, I recommend for you to go and listen to the message on alcohol before you get to the 4th of July. Is that clear? Right? So you got two days. We're going to leave it up for seven, but you got two days to get this message in you got time off anyway, right? Get a whole day off, right? Go listen to this message and, and see, okay, I'm, I'm coming high, high level. I'm like at 50,000 feet, and then we want to drill down, right? And so you're going to see him drill down on one thing called alcohol, and then you take that practical test, and you can apply it in any, you put in that blank anything you want, and you apply the same principles he does, and you could drill down in anything you want and yet have this perspective of, I'm not going to judge anybody else, and I'm going to welcome everybody in love. Okay? Practical test. I'm going to ask you to listen to that message. It's relevant, and he'll handle it well. You'll be edified. I know I have been this week, both times when I watched it. Here's the last thing, and we're going to stand and sing. I must glorify God. I must glorify God. At the end of the day, we are put on the earth to glorify God. That's our mission, to glorify God through the fulfillment of the Great Commission, in the spirit of the Great Commandment, in love. Love God, love others. I'm here to glorify God. How can I best do that? I'm going to worship him, okay? So let me just read it there at the end. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Jesus Christ that together, as we sing now, you may with one voice glorify the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. So here's what I'm asking you to do as the guys come. If you know of something between you and someone else in this room, why we're all singing, I would encourage you to work that out with them. If you've been judging someone, if you've been holding them to an extra biblical standard, I would encourage you to go to them and say, I'm sorry, I've judged you, I'm wrong in that, I shouldn't have done it. I just want to be clear I did, and I want to ask for your forgiveness. Please forgive me. You stand or fall before God. And we all know from the passage, you stand. If you're in Christ, you stand, right? You will be upheld, strong and weak. I want to encourage you, okay? We're going to sing this song together, but don't be singing it like, oh yeah, we're all unified, we're all great, it's all together right now with one voice. If It's not like that here. Does that make sense? And none of us are going to pass judgment on you for doing it. We're going to follow your lead and be like, yep, I should be doing that too. Here's my thing. I'm going too. Everybody got that? Everybody clear on what we're doing? Let's stand. I'll pray. 
that we can follow through on what the Word of God says. God, we do ask forgiveness. We ask for forgiveness for the times that we have judged one another. We're not going to judge each other anymore. We're going to rightly divide the Word of God, and we're going to apply it to our own life. We're going to encourage other people. We'll warn them if needed and admonish them, but we're going to encourage them to follow the Word of God, not my opinion, not my standard. So God, please, create a unity in this congregation like never before today. Help people to get right with one another as we sing about your grace. In Jesus Christ's name I pray, amen.